The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. 234 on the 630 mm-hmm. Chad Afternoon News. Well, it may be one of the coolest jobs around flying a Tudor jet. Tudor? Tudor. Tudor. Jet for the Snowbirds. Our next guest does just that. Major Jason Tuckett started his flying career in Edmonton at 408 Tactical Helicopter Squadron for Freedom. Uh, during that time, was deployed to Bosnia and Afghanistan. In 2007, he moved on to 15-wing Moose Jaw, where he held several positions, including Flight Commander and Chief Flying Instructor. 2016, he joined the Snowbirds, flying jet number three in the inner left wing position. Major Tuckett and the Snowbirds performed last weekend at the Cold Lake Air Show. I saw some video. It was Mm -hmm. awesome. awesome. Uh, This weekend, they'll be at the Hometown Heroes Air Show in Whitecourt, and Major Tuckett joins us on the phone now. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you? Not too bad at all. Uh, Lots of questions for you. But the first I want to ask, is this really a thing? I entertained for the Snowbirds in Moose Jaw one time. They maybe hang upside down from rafters and do a shot. <laughs> well, that's more of a military tradition than a Snowbird thing. But, yeah, it is, uh, is something that has happened for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it has happened. Uh, I wondered if they were just putting me on because I happened to be there. But, okay, fine. Um, Major Tuckett, welcome to the show. Busy time of year for you, for sure. There seems to be uh, air, show, uh, air shows every weekend or at least every few days. So how do you juggle that right now with the, uh, um, you know, just the, the schedule, uh, you know, how it affects maybe your body, um, staying awake and clear, all of those things? Yeah, so it is a long show season for us. It starts in April in uh, Comox, is where our last of our training is uh, done. And then we uh, continue on all the way till. I believe our last show this year is October 19th, back in our hometown of Moose So it's a uh, it's a very long season, and we do shows on the weekend, and we're also doing we also do shows on Wednesdays yeah. uh, as well. And currently, uh, we're sitting at Rocky Mountain House doing the show uh, there tonight. Hmm. What so, is it about the Snowbirds? Uh, you guys are like ambassadors uh, <laughs> for the armed forces within our country, and ambassadors for the country outside of it. What is it about the Snowbirds? Do you think that people just love so much? Well, I think. Obviously, it's we're the we're com, uh, comprised of the men and women of the Canadian Armed Forces, so it's it's just a, a small, you know, showcase of what it is we do. As the Snowbirds ourselves, we're meant to uh, to display the the uh, skilled professionalism and teamwork of the Canadian Forces as a whole, not just the Royal Canadian Air Force. You um, you started as we told you in, as we told our listeners in the intro. You started your your flying career uh, in Edmonton at, at 408 Tacal. Um, you so you moved from flying the Griffins and from flying a, a chopper into fixed wing. How 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 did you do that? Was it a challenge to to move from one to the other? Uh, it wasn't too much of a challenge. All of us uh, go through a basic pilot training system, which is done in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, through. Uh, I did it on the Tudor jet, the same jet that I fly now with the Snowbirds. Uh, it's now done on what's known as a Harvard yeah. aircraft, so it's a propeller-driven aircraft now. But we all go through that common system, and then from there I got selected helicopters. So I flew helicopters all the yeah, way until okay. 2007, like you said. Uh, and then when I went to Moose Jaw, I went and started flying the Harvard, and then eventually I flew the Hawk, I flew the CF-18, and then also the uh, with the Snowbirds as well. So it's a, the transition starts from back my initial training. 
Um, but yeah, so some of the skill sets I learned there is what I apply today. So what is the process for a pilot who wants to get himself or herself into the uh, snowbirds? Is there, uh, do you qualify to try out for them? Do you, is it something you sign up for or, or do they reach out and ask you? How does it work? Yeah, so it requires a minimum of a thousand hours of ejection seat flying time. So we uh, pull from a pool of instructors in Musha or CF-18 pilots or previous with, uh, people with previous jet flying experience. Uh, they apply to the team uh, back in uh, December timeframe normally. And then we go through their files and we pick the top eight candidates we'd like to see to do a tryout in February. And what... So in, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, so uh, what out of those top eight candidates, what are you looking for? Uh, well, we're looking for not only the flying ability to be able to do what we do in the Snowbirds. Uh, everyone has a basic formation flying experience uh, in the positions that they would have. However, the Snowbirds, obviously, we do. We take formation flying to kind of a new level. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're looking for some basic skill sets that they can learn fast. And the most important thing to us is the, the trust we have in each other. Uh, so we need to know that they can see their own errors, debrief their own errors, and, and fix them for the next trip. So that's the most important thing because we fly very, very close to each other, as you know. So trust is the most important thing that we have with each other. We need to trust that that other person stays what we call inside their box, which is we give everybody two feet space in any direction. That's all they have. Two feet. Yeah, and that was that was going to be my question. I was lucky enough to fly with you guys when I was working in Regina back in about 1999 or 2000, and it is staggering when you look out the window and you have another jet on your side and you go, oh my gosh, that's really, really close. But how, how do you give room to make those errors to learn to fly that close? Yeah, so during the training season, we fly at a wider spacing than we do during our show season. Uh, it's by about an extra four or five feet, <laughs> which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's, it's quite a bit. Uh, so we use those smaller or wider spacings. We also don't put people underneath each other initially until they learn the skill sets that we think are solid enough to now start put the formation team. So we don't start as a nine ship. We usually start flying with four aircraft, maybe up to six, and then eventually we get up to nine. Hmm. So I have to ask, Major Tuckett, uh, we, uh, everyone listening, myself included, and Jay Lynn, I'm sure, remembers our first day on the job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether you're the fry guy at McDonald's or, you know, whatever it is, a radio host on a talk show, you remember that first day, and, and not everything went exactly as planned, and you didn't know exactly what you just signed up for. What was your first day like? Yeah, my first show site, for instance, uh, was in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, in front of 150,000 people. <laughs> so that was my first day on the job, um, actually performing as a snowbird. And initially, I was really tense, strapping in the airplane and thinking, oh, my goodness, there's going to be 150,000 people down there. But I went back to what I know, which was how to fly. And I actually didn't see anybody on the beach because I was so in tune with what I was doing. And so there was a bit of terror there, but... It was controlled. <laughs> is is there still you know how you know how many shows later have yeah, have you done? Is there still a process? Do you get into a zone when you're about to go up and perform? Do you, do you have any routines? Do you have any things that you do to get ready? A lot of us stay physically fit. We go for runs. Like this morning, I went for a run, uh, just for a 10k run, just to go and kind of clear my head. But uh, we also go through a process of briefing. So we brief the show about an hour and a half before we perform it, and we rehearse the entire show uh, at a table and go through all the communications we're going to hear in the air. And wow. so that kind of puts you in the, the, the focusing of 
getting your mind in the game. You know, you mentioned a moment ago that uh, you debrief yourselves uh, as well as a general debrief and get rid of any little mistakes, but mistakes could be catastrophic in the job that you do. So. And they have been. Yeah, they have been. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so how, I mean, what safeguards can you possibly take when you're talking about distances of two feet between aircraft? What, I mean, what do you do to ensure the safety of all those pilots? Yeah, so we manage risk throughout the entire performance. So every day is not the same. So some days it's beautiful, the air is clear, and you don't feel any turbulence whatsoever. But then there's other days where it's very turbulent. And so what happens is the pilots throughout the formation have an ability to widen the spacings if we feel that it's a little too bumpy today or it's beyond where I'm happy today, uh, either in their own performance or just what they see from the nine people. <laughs> so we'll call for a wider spacing. Uh, it's very, it's not very noticeable from the crowd's perspective when we widen out by an extra four feet, but it's a massive difference for us. We also have yeah. some things we'll say on the radio with communication with each other. Like for instance, my position number three, so I'll say three shadow. And when I say three shadow, that tells everybody who flies off of me or is near me that I'm I've transitioned out of that area that I'm supposed to be in, and so they keep an eye out for me because they don't normally look at me, even though they may be sitting directly below my tailpipe by a couple feet. So is communication the key then? Absolutely, yeah. Communication and, like I said, that trust that's built there that you will communicate when something isn't going right. I was just kind of thinking, you know, uh, Major Tuckett, Andrew and I have worked together in this studio <laughs> for f almost four years now. So we're in here for four hours a day. Um, if one of us has a bad day coming in, it, it can be a challenge. Um, and, and, and we're just talking into a microphone. I'm thinking about the team, your team. And if one person comes in having a bad day, um, that, that can't be good. Yeah, well, and it does happen. We're all human. So if somebody's having, we haven't had it anywhere this year or even last year when I was on the team of somebody who was having such a bad day that they didn't think they could perform. Okay. But we have that option, and it's one of these type systems that if somebody said they came in, maybe they were ill or they just didn't feel they could do it today, we would fly the show without that person. Okay. The only show that we can fly, that we can't fly without is the boss. So yeah. Obviously, we need somebody to guide us around, but Number any one. other position can, yeah, exactly. So any other position can come out from a show if they're sick or they're just unable to fly the show. So, oh. Sorry, so there's no one trained uh, backup to take um, the lead spot? No, the lead is the only position that uh, is, well, we each one of us can't take over the position of anyone else. Okay. Uh, we're trained very specifically for the that. job that we're in because yeah. each job is very specific. Huh. And so, but the boss's job is definitely one that uh, we couldn't just step in. Uh, so yeah, I'm okay with that. Unfortunately, if the boss gets sick, yeah, if the boss yeah. gets sick, then we don't get to fly yeah. that day. Yeah, yeah, that, no, like that totally call. makes sense. Yeah, good call. <laughs> uh, the planes you fly, how old are they, and are mm. they in need of replacement? Um, oh, yeah, it's a difficult question. They're, they're 1963 to 1965, and they served the Air Force very well all the way to the year 2000 as a jet trainer. Uh, like I said, I flew it as my basic training aircraft, so I only had 13 hours on airplanes total, and I was flying a jet around southern Saskatchewan, which was interesting. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're aged, but we have retrofit them a bit with uh, new avionics. Uh, the other thing, too, is our technicians keep them in pristine order. So mm -hmm. there is never a point where we don't trust the aircraft we're flying in, uh, both the engine, the airframe itself.
Major Jason Tuckett joining us on the fo- on the phone. Um, Snowbirds Jet Number Three. He flies in the inner left wing position. Uh, the Snowbirds performing this weekend at the hometown Heroes Air Show in Whitecourt. Last weekend was in Cold Lake. Just some spectacular video out of Cold Lake uh, from the air show. You talked about flying uh, the uh, the F eighteen as well. Um, you know, maybe a tough question. Um, slightly different aircraft, obviously. But if you had your preference, would you rather be flying Snowbirds or F-18s? Uh, the Snowbirds is definitely my most amazing uh, flying job to date. And, really? Uh, yeah, it's been an absolute blast, yeah. How long do you get to stay on the team for? Unfortunately, only two years. So this oh. is my last year. But, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you allowed to come back around after a little while? Uh, you can apply to be the boss. And I could apply to be the boss in a few years. But that mm. would be... Uh, yeah, how it works. So wait a second, just to clarify, so how long does the boss stay the boss? Uh, two years as well. Oh, but really? He's been wow. a previous, yeah, he's been a previous uh, digit before, so in our current boss. Uh, so four years be would be... Six a few years ago, yeah. Right, so, okay. Um, do you have to qualify again or anything? I mean, did, is there, are they constantly testing you, or once you've made the snowbirds, you're in? Uh, once you're past the training season and you're now flying in the show team itself, uh, the there's no test to keep continue uh, going on. It's just imagine just the keeping the trust that everybody has within you throughout the entire time is just the key. Do you um, do, does do the snowbirds look to other aerobatics teams like the Red Arrows or the Blue Angels for ideas for anything like that? Are you in in communication with those other teams about the the shows that they're doing? Uh, yeah, we're actually very close to the North American team, so both the Blue Angels and the uh, U.S. US Air Force uh, Thunderbirds. Yeah. Um, in fact, this year we spent uh, a week down in Pensacola, Florida uh, in May uh, doing a team uh, training with them. So we went flying with them. They went flying with us to see. They're very different airplanes, so what we yeah. do with our airplanes is very different. Uh, but the things we learn from each other are things like things how they breathe, how we debrief. Uh, and back, that's really where we gain most of our uh, uh, understanding of each team. Hmm. So, so what's next for you after the Snowbirds? Uh, right now, they have got a, uh, a staff position lined up for me to headquarters. So that's <laughs> it's later in my career, so that's pretty much uh, is what's uh, due for me. Staff position then can come back around in a in a boss position, maybe Major Tuckett. Yeah, absolutely. That's always a always a possibility. So it could be a drinking game. Every time uh, Major Tuckett mentions he used to be in the Snowbirds, everybody <laughs> takes a shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be- before we let you go, Major Tuckett, I'm curious: Do you have a, a you know a most memorable show that you've done? Um, the shows I love are actually the smaller town shows. Mm-hmm. I, we've gone to some very large places. You know, we play the CNE in Toronto every year and all those, but. Uh, the ones that are the most personable are the ones that uh, where we fly in uh, smaller communities, and the community comes together and really has to, because all the volunteers and everything to put an air show together. Uh, we were just in Downing Camrose uh, a week ago, yep. and the people of Camrose put on an amazing, uh, amazing hosting of us. We uh, we saw the entire town there, and we actually stayed and did autographs for two hours, just mm. wow, pretty much meet as many people as we could. So those are the shows to me that are the closest to our. Uh, it is pretty cool, too, and one of the things I love is that you can follow the, uh, a lot of the members of the Snowbirds on Twitter, um, and uh, each of them kind of tweet out different mm-hmm. things and uh, videos and photos. So if you get a chance, you're on Twitter, you might want to do that. Uh, Major Tucker, what's your Twitter handle? 
it's J-Rock Pilot. J-Rock, J-Rock Pilot. Pilot. There you go. Last yeah. question before we let you go. It just came to me. Uh, do you get to keep the uh, red flight suit? <laughs> we do. We get three a year. So, yeah, that is something that I'll, uh, I'll definitely shadow box later. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I was going to suggest it. It's funny at the honorary colonel conferences, their honorary colonel shows up in the red flight suit, really? right? Wouldn't and you? Just, well, I would too, <laughs> right? And he just stands out in the uh, in the in all the pictures of the uh, frankly the green. I would show up everywhere up the in the hair. flight suit. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Major Tuckett, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, continued uh, great run this summer with all your air shows. I look forward to talking to you again someday. It was a pleasure. Thanks very much for Thank having me. Thank you. Out. Once again, they're performing this weekend at the Hometown Heroes Air Show in White Court. Jay, I saw a story today that mm. I think will be of interest to a lot of our listeners. I know it was to me um, about Aeroplan. And I know uh, yeah. Aeroplan came up in conversation this week on our show, and I can't recall why. And somebody said, well, I remember Aeroplan is folding. Aeroplan's not folding, but there has been a development with regard to Aeroplan. So Air Canada had announced that they're separating from the program by 2020. But the company that owns Aeroplan's program, they're called uh, AMIA, I think, or AMIA, I'm not sure. It's a Quebec company. Um, Ever since that announcement from Air Canada, their shares have pretty much plummeted. So they're, they're in a position now where they may entertain an offer that's been made from Air Canada in partnership with TD, CIBC, um, and, and Visa Canada to buy them. And if they do that, what's going to happen is those uh, aeroplan points that you have and have accumulated are just going to switch on over to Air Canada's frequent flyer program, whatever they end up calling it. It'll be seamless, Mm -hmm. and whatever you've earned will be there. So I know people were concerned about what's going to happen to the points and should I use them up before 2020. Now, if the offer is turned down and they uh, Air Canada has asked for a response from the company by August 2nd, which they think, you know, they can't anticipate if it's yes or no, but it's a pretty good offer because the shares are worth, uh, what, $2.50. And based on what they're offering, the shareholders would get $3.64 mm. per share. So if you've, you know, been a stock a shareholder yeah, yeah. and seen them plummet, and then, hey, here's a way to get back quite a bit of what you lost, they'll probably, I hope, go for it. But if that fails, what the uh, AMI uh, company, AMI company, whatever, however you pronounce it, what they say they're going to do is, no, they're going to come up with a new program and you're going to be able to switch over to 20 different airlines. It could be WestJet, could be United, could be Delta. So either way, your point should be okay. My preference, though, honestly, would be that Air Canada successfully buys them out. And everything's just transferred. And everything nice just transfers. Yeah. I, I really enjoy both Aeroplan and WestJet's frequent flyer programs and I like them separate and I use them yeah. in different ways. I find Aeroplan takes a, a lot longer to, to build and there's a lot more difficulty booking um you know, you, yep. you really have to be on it. There's not great runs. Well, uh, WestJet is more straightforward in terms WestJet of is this good. is the flight Aventura I want. WestJet is really good. Yes, absolutely. The thing with Aeroplan, they sort of came up with this tier, two-tier thing where, well, if you want to, you know, there's prime time and then there's yeah. non-prime time. Yeah. and it, you know, But keeping in mind, that's not Air Canada. That's this company, right? So I know Air Canada has reached out. I I've filled out several surveys for Air Canada. They've asked what people want, and what people want is a program that's as easy as the WestJet program. Oh, so, yeah, and you want no blackout dates. Exactly. You want all of that I sort got of the thing. points. I get the flight. Exactly. Period. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.